Omis, welcome to a very special interview of the week. This week we have with us Scoopy Trooples of Alchemix. How are you going, Scoopy? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? I'm doing very, very well. With me, as always, is Dropkick Darren, who was on a little bit of a break, but now we have him back. And I'm very glad because it means that I don't have to spend this much time managing people. Um, <laughs> I'm so, back. Apparently, I yes. only manage no podcasting here. Hey, um, but it's and good your to be lovely back. voice. <laughs> <laughs> I think, why don't we kick things off before we get into kind of like a bit of an intro of yourself for some of those who aren't familiar. What's one thing you like and dislike about podcasts in general? I, I mean, I love like podcasts because the long form format really lets you go in depth with creators and hosts and you can, you know, get a lot more from that conversation, a lot more nuance than you can, you know, from like, you know, some short packaged news bite or other traditional media coverage. The only thing I don't like about podcasts really is that there's just too many of them uh, now. Like, like a couple of years ago in the space, there's like maybe like four or five good podcasts. And now like there's just so many, I don't have enough time to get all the alpha. Yeah. I I always try and listen to the the Goodwill Yanti. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's yes. it's so difficult to like just find time to fit things in when you're like actually working in the space. I don't even like I used to listen to Sassel every day, the the Daily, Daily Gway. Yeah. But like I just don't have any time. I I listen on like my walks and stuff like that, but you know, that's like, you know, an hour, maybe a little bit more than that a day. So it's like, hey, I can get one podcast in a day when there's like, you know, thirty coming out. So oh well, what are you gonna do? What's your what's your like top podcast you like? Probably for like uh, deep dives and technical things about like uh, upcoming uh, exciting projects. I like uh, Epicenter podcast the most. Yeah, they had Zeus on like last week, I think. Yeah, they they've been OGs doing podcasts since I think like 2015, like like way way back. That's how I learned about like MakerDown DeFi before DeFi was even called like DeFi and stuff. So, you know. Yeah, Mariano's interview. That's that was like my first <laughs> podcast on like DeFi. I was like, holy shit, people are building this stuff. I had no idea. Damn, yeah, and I'm dope. too too young for that shit. All right, we've got to get into uh oh, we right, in, right. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to get into your like intro that's not a regurgitated one as in like something that's how would you describe yourself to like in in a different way i guess i've told my origin story enough but like you know on twitter like i guess the trend last week was talking about like oh who here came from like you know a a lower middle class family and worked their way up and stuff like that and i mean i can say that about myself I, i came from a lower middle class family you know, at times was on free lunch growing up, you know, had to finance like 75% of my college with debt. And the rest was with like grants and scholarships and, and stuff. And then, yeah, just, you know, just kind of winging it through life and just, you know, not really sure what I want to do, kind of stumbled down some different career paths. It wasn't really making any name for myself, it was just kind of getting by. And then finally, I got into crypto in 2016, and that afforded me the opportunity to get away from the current career I was in and move into doing uh, blockchain stuff. And so in 2018, you know, I quit my job and uh, started learning how to code full time. And two years later, I was uh, brought in to be one of the founders of Alchemix because they needed 
uh, somebody to code up the front end. And that became uh, what I did. And I kind of grew into my role in the uh, in Alchemics. Was that through eGirl? Is that eGirl just kind of happened, like not, not related to Alchemics at all. It was just, you know, my Twitter was starting to get like growing. I started getting some different friends and people I would like post with a lot on Twitter and and CL made a meme showing like a, some like marketing page of a website and it had like, you know, the big VCs, you know, three arrows, paradigm, you know, and all the other big ones. And next to it, it was like, just like this picture of like this anime girl with an ahi gaul face. And it's an e-girl capital. And it's like, would you ape this project? <laughs> and then, you know, like, you know, Muni and me and, uh, and like a few other people were just like laughing at this, like, let's totally make e-girl capital. And then we did. And e-girl was part of Alchemix's launch. They did help us source our initial liquidity for our uh, sushi swap listing. But like, yeah, I think I've talked about that where they... Um, like, yeah, all the ETH that was raised for that just went straight to the pool, essentially. Yeah, and, and not for our us team, so. Yep, so I think uh, maybe I'll just quickly cover that Scooby is one of the co-founders of Alchemix, which is a protocol. I mean, I would describe it as, like, centered around sort of borrowing against interest-bearing assets with non-liquidatable loans that pay themselves off over time. I don't know if you'd st- like that. There's the V1, but we've got like V2 coming out hopefully sometime this month. Is that still how you would describe it, knowing what's in V2? Yeah, uh, the idea is more or less the same as V1. It's just bigger and better um, in just about every single way possible. Whereas V1 for AlUSD, you can only put in die, and that die only goes into urine strategies. And then same with Al ETH, you can only put in ETH and that goes into Yearn. That's going to open up a lot in V2. So multi-collateral is one of the new features that's going to go into it. We're going to be targeting DAI, USDC, and USDT at first, but we are open and eager to get other decentralized stable coins in there as well. And now we're also going to have multi-strategy. So at launch, it's going to still be Yearn, but already underway are audits for C tokens and A tokens. So that's going to allow us to plug into Aave and Compound, but any other token that also follows, uh, you know, that format. So Rare Fuse is one that uh, has the same architecture as Compound tokens, for example. And something like a Wrap Stake ETH is also something that follows sort of more of like the A token. So like when it's positively rebasing ones, but now there's like a, we have a wrapper that's going to be able to handle assets like that. And coincidentally, that same wrapper could also handle something like a geo. <laughs> there's one big protocol that's missing <laughs> that I think you might see. But wait, there's more before we get there, before we get there. <laughs> <laughs> So the cool thing about this is like, let's say you put in, you know, 10% in Diurn and 20% in Ave USDC, and then you have the rest in like, let's, you know, say, you know, Rary USDT or something like that. It's just some random, you know, distribution of where you could put it, like different collaterals and different strategies. That all comes together to make a like composite uh, deposit in the system. So you just take all the balances of everything that you deposited and that becomes your basis for how much you can borrow off of it. So you don't have to separate it per vault that you're in and have everything be segregated. It'll be, you know, done that way. 
And you have the ability to deposit the like kind of like the canonical naked token, like die or the yield bearing version. So it'd be like, you know, you can put in YV die, C die, A die, whatever, you know, and you can put it in that way. Either one. So then it's still the sort of 50% loan you can take in the USD. Governance is having a discussion about that, about raising the loan-to-value ratios. So ultimately, it'll be up to the community to decide what it's going to be. I would probably caution against anything more than like a 66%, you know, or like a two-thirds uh, loan-to-value ratio. And the reason is that if, if you can take out more and more from your loan, then basically you can go through a loop where you would borrow LUSD, sell it for uh, one of the collateral tokens, put that in Alchemix, borrow more LUSD, and so forth. And at like a 66% loan-to-value, you can get up to like 3x leverage essentially on your stablecoin farming. But anything more than that can start to put too much leverage and too much, uh, you know, into the system and at the detriment of the pay and future users of Alchemix. So I think, you know, having it be 90% and allowing for 10x leverage, mm. you know, might be great for the DGENs, but it also might, uh, you know, cause some problems for, for Alchemix. Yeah. I know um, <laughs> there's a protocol that we all know that did it with some treasury assets, like looping it some absurd amount of times. It was like 10 or 11 or something. Did you, were you watching kind of the DGen box? <laughs> yes, I was watching, you know, and holding my breath at the same time. I think like looping stable coins isn't terribly a risky thing, but when you're involving cross-chain bridges, into the actual app it just opens up a huge attack surface you know imagine what happened to wormhole happened you know to ust in that in that scenario like you like i don't know if doquan has enough money to bail everybody out and honestly like the degen box thing was like really bad for ust and terra because like it just like essentially the wonderland treasury with like their you know through their their strategy they were like just just draining the anchor field of fund from their yield, like, and stuff like that. So yeah, funds are Sifu. Yeah. Oh, we're going to, we're going to, I think we'll touch on some funds are Sifu at some point later in this, but for people, for a little bit of context, talking about the jump capital wormhole stuff, like what the hell's a wormhole. The other day there was a exploit close to 300 mil or close to thereabouts. 120,000 ETH was a jump capital specifically or um yeah jump came out and said that they were doing it but i'm sure that there's probably some ftx involvement as well yes but vcs bailed out everybody essentially so that's a an interesting narrative i don't know where that'll go moving forward one thing i do want to touch on and talk about the strategies how does alchemex uh, evaluate risk for some of the strategies that you guys partake in for what's deposited for example yeah, so in V1, we didn't really have to worry about risk too, too much. You know, Yearn is kind of like, you know, one of those gold standards of crypto. Their team is amazing, you know, and they follow a lot of best practices and go through multiple security audits and stuff like that. So we felt very comfortable with Yearn. With other protocols going forward, we're going to try to open up and sort of be like the top layer of DeFi. You know, we have like a curve LP token strategy in the works as well. So that allow us to plug into Convex and things like that. And anybody who builds on top of convex, you know, type of thing. So that's something that's really cool. But like, you know, how we select yield aggregators is, you know, just a lot of due diligence. 
researching them, researching the team, how long they've been on the market, if they've had any accusations thrown at them, things like that. Really just making sure that the teams behind these, you know, these products are really good and really solid and long-term oriented. And then the other is, you know, having our own, you know, team go through the contracts and try to look for any potential exploits or vulnerabilities. And then from there, you know, we can make a recommendation uh, that we can add the strategy and it'll be up to the governance to, you know, ratify it. We have some safeguards in, in our V2 that can allow us to take on some risk. And there's two main components. One is a deposit limit. So we can cap the amount of deposits that can go to any one individual strategy. So like if people are really uncomfortable with, you know, something like, I don't know, empty set dollar <laughs> going into Alchemix or something like that, it'd be like, okay, there can only be uh, 100,000 of these deposited. Because the system thinks that whatever goes in is worth a dollar. And that's one assumption that it makes. So we, we have this deposit cap, you know, something like LUSD. Like it, I, I love LUSD. I think that they're, you know, it's a very pure, very decentralized uh, protocol uh, liquidity. Uh, but their peg is, you know, a little bit volatile, I would say. Uh, like I checked a couple of days ago and I was at a dollar and three cents. And I checked like a couple of months ago and is it like 97 or 98 cents. So it oscillates at that $1 mark, but it doesn't, you know, it's not like locked onto it like some of the other stable coins are. And so what would happen if we added LUSD and it became like a big share of the, um, of the market for us, LUSD would start taking on its characteristics and start mirroring its peg. So that's something that we have to like, you know, decide like, okay, we want to have LUSD, but we need to find out how much is the max that we can really accept into the system where, you know, it's, you know, it's, you know, 2% variance up and down from its peg, you know, can be so small that would only really mean like a 0.01% variance for LUSD, something like that. So we have to balance that. And the other one that we have, the other safeguard we have helps the protocol in case there is a sudden depegging of an asset and if oracles you know because oracles sometimes have like a 15 20 minute lag on them and in that in that lag time a lot of damage can happen and so what this would do is it's called a convertible cap so in alchemix right now you can repay your loan using LUSD or die and unlimited amount of either one. So if you had like a million dollars debt, you could repay that with DAI, like right now. But with uh, V2, we have something called a convertible cap, which allows the system to only repay debt that's not used with LUSD. So if you want to repay your debt in DAI, USDT, USDC, etc., there's a certain cap daily for how much can actually be repaid with the collateral asset. And that way, like, let's say, you know, some stable coin you know, goes to, you know, 20 cents or something like that. Theoretically, somebody could put it in Alchemix. Alchemix will recognize it as a dollar. Then they can mint, you know, however much they can mint off of it and then use that to arb it back and buy it more and do it again and again. And they could do a lot of damage. This convertible cap will mitigate it and then allow, you know, the other defense mechanisms to step in once, you know, threat detection has been noticed. So is it going to be like a... There, there is like the transmuter, which you've been sort of filling up with some extra dye through OP. Is that what's been happening? So the transmuter is fed in three different ways for Alchemix. 
One way is through uh, debt repayments when we harvest yield from uh, the vaults that we're in. So when that happens, that yield is used to pay off someone's debt, and then that goes into the transmuter as a peg backstop. Same thing if somebody repays their debt in uh, collateral tokens of die. Uh, that would go straight into the transmuter as backing. And somebody can also liquidate their uh, position, their uh, their collateral to repay debt. And lastly, we do Olympus Pro, where we basically do that last one where we liquidate it. So we get the die from Olympus Pro, put it into Alchemix, mint LUSD, then liquidate our collateral. So then it ends up being, if we had like a million die, it would be 500,000 LUSD, 500,000 die at that point. And then we put that, that 500,000 die and LUSD into the curve pool. Uh, but in this process, we added a million dollars in liquidity, but we also added 500,000 die to the backstop in the transmitter. Yep. So that's kind of so it's like a multiplier effect that we get through Olympus Pro in doing it yeah. that way. Very cool. Interesting. I, one one question is like, are the for the convertible caps? Is that isolated to like specific assets, or is that spread across all deposits? Um, that's isolated to specific assets. So we can say there's like you know five million uh, convertible cap for USDT or something like that. You know, because or you know, for example, we could do that. So we can limit the damage to any one staple coin. And you guys are doing some stuff with Tokamak and joining the curve war? I'm not sure of you. Is that public? Yeah, I wanted to get into this. Yes, we have been joining the curve war very much so. We're up to uh, 170,000 CVX. We initially were in kind of early in getting into the CVX party, but then we kind of put, took our foot off the gas. Back in September, we took a, a loan through uh, Abracadabra because uh, ALCX is one of the, the collateral types there. And, you know, and with that loan, we, we ended up buying like 70,000 uh, CBX at the time. And then once we started doing like kind of protocol owned liquidity, we've been farming in convex with that. And we also have uh, Olympus Pro going on for getting CBX. And so since then, we've added about 100,000 CBX. And we're uh, adding around, you know, 20 to 30,000 every two weeks at the current pace. So um, we're definitely trying to step it up. Yeah, it's, it, you guys are at, I think, roughly almost two and a half a million dollars in, in convex solely through um op which is awesome and i think i just wanted to touch on op for a second because you guys were the op pilot partners the trendsetters one of the first to do it i kind of want you guys like to give us your opinion on what it was like to kind of make that decision to trend like transition from kind of yeah managing emissions you know um within the protocol and then be like okay we're going to trial this and see what happens as of right now, I think Alchemix owns at least 6% of its ALCX ETH LP, which is awesome. So maybe you can kind of run us through that, what that was like when you first made that decision and also like how, you, how you're finding the program right now because you, you're bonding five assets um, at the moment, which is awesome. Yeah, so we, like, I think it was like in August, I was like really like looking at the, the charts and the math and looking at, you know, kind of DeFi as a whole, and I was kind of realizing at the time, like that, that, you know, liquidity mining is, you know, kind of one of those like necessary evils to like kind of bootstrap and jumpstart a protocol. But in the long run, it, it becomes very uh, injurious uh, to the token holders 
just because of the constant dilution and it attracts a lot of like mercenary farmers. And you know, just looking at every single DeFi chart with liquidity mining, they all tell the exact same, you know, story. You know, initial hype, lots of price action, and then a slow but gradual decline from there. You know, it's like every single protocol with liquidity mining has the exact same chart, it looks like. And I was like wondering, it's like, and I knew Alchemics that our, our emissions are, you know, we're tape, they're tapering down every single week for three years until we hit our tail inflationary budget. And I was trying to run the numbers, like if Alchemics price is the same as it is now, and by the time we are at tail emissions, we can really only support, you know, a, a, you know, maybe a third of our, our current liquidity. And I, I don't, we wouldn't be dead or anything like that, but we'd become very much less relevant as a, as a result. And I was kind of like racking my brain about how, you know, we could flip the tables on this. And at the time I, you know, I was just dabbling in Ohm just a little bit. I had a few thousand dollars worth of Ohm that I bought early on because uh, one of my friends said, I just bought a thousand dollar stable coin. Ha <laughs> ha Ask me anything. And I was like, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> so I just threw a little bit in there uh, just as an experiment and see what was going on. And, and as a result, you know, I was paying attention to Ohm and Olympus and, and I saw how you all um, were able to acquire so much liquidity, you know, and having one of the deepest pools in Sushi without having a pool too. And it kind of got my, my, my gears spinning in my head. And I was like, well, you know, this, why can't Alchemics do this? And so I started like peeking at your code, like, well, we could just fork Olympus Dow and do this, but it's like, ah, it's also gonna be a lot of work to do that. I understand new systems and, you know, probably piss them off. And then I just like, you know, like kind of, I think I approached Jaws. I'm not sure who I approached. I was like, hey, can we do, you know, can we, do you guys offer your bonding services to other protocols? And, and it sort of seemed like one of those moments where it's like perfect timing because that idea started being floating, uh, floated inside Olympus now before we reached out. So it was just sort of like, you know, already in your minds. And then you had somebody reach out to want to do it. And so that's how we got hooked up. What an origin story. Are you still doing liquidity mining? Uh, yes, we are. Because, I mean, like, especially with like Al ETH and Al USD, those pools are quite massive, a lot bigger than even the ALCX ETH pool, like much, much bigger. So in order to retain that liquidity and, you know, make Alchemics actually useful for people, we have to, you know, have some good liquidity for the system. So we transitioned our liquidity mining for AlUSD and AlETH into um, convex Vodium, like using the bribing platform. Ah, very or, cool, yes. Um, and and that's been uh, nice. We've been able, between Olympus Pro and starting to acquire a pool two liquidity and also doing convex uh, bribes and acquiring convex, we've been able to cut down our emissions across the board for all of our pools in addition to having disinflationary rewards uh, that, that go down every single week. And for example, our pool two was at one point getting 50% of all uh, emissions and now it's getting 20%. And we've retained still uh, a majority of the liquidity. Mm. So are you guys planning to go cross-chain or to like a layer two? And I also wanted to ask if there's plans for ALCX to have it's currently just a governance token, and I don't know if there's sort of fee capture in there as well, but is there other utility plan for it? Yeah, so we are going to do multi-chain, because cross-chain implies that like an app is actually doing things between chains. These will be separate Alchemics instances on different chains. 
And you, you'd be able to swap AliUSD back and forth between chains and things like that or any of the Al assets, but they would be their own self-contained thing. And so they would get their yield from the chain that they're on, for example, instead of like faring it over to another chain, doing yield farming over there, then bringing it back. I think that's yeah too risky. I think like the cat's already out of the bag. We're, we're planning a phantom uh, initial deployment as our first um, you know side chain that we're going to go on. Makes sense with you and the... Yep. Yeah, exactly. That that was the deciding factor. And we want to do Arbitrum as well. We're just waiting on uh, Yearn to get there or our A token uh, code to get audited. And that would allow us. So as far as the, the DAO goes and you know, Alchemix to- token, we are, I think we're done our spec for our DAO and we started developing the first piece of it. So first thing we're going to do is um, have a um, X sushi style token, and uh, that'll be like X ALCX name TBD. I don't know exactly what the prefix is going to be, but this will get um, basically replace the single side staking ALCX pool that we have, and it will get a certain percentage of emissions just auto compounded into it. And then this will become the cross chain uh, version of ALCX. So if you're on Phantom, if you're on somewhere else, you'll you'll be getting this. So ALCX will always, you know, you won't be getting diluted by holding ALCX on another chain. And so that is going, that timeline is actually soon, soon TM. Um, not sure exactly when we're going to launch it, but it, a lot of the work for it has already been done. Just need to get the timing and everything right for it and, you know, UIs and stuff. Um, but that's going to become a building block for Alchemix DAO. And um, we're, in, we're taking some inspiration from the, the V-tokenomic systems. We have our own unique twists on them. And you know, I can talk about them a little bit more. But the idea is that you don't put ALCX into the V-tokenomic system, but you would put this X-ALCX in there. So while you're in there, you're still going to be safe from uh, dilution, essentially. Productive assets. I like the sound of that. Yes. So even if you lock it up for, you know, four years, you know, mm. you know you're going to be, yeah. Oh, will there be locking? Yeah, it looks like we're, we're opting for, for locking just because of the incentive alignment that happens along with it. Somebody becomes much more long-term oriented and they're definitely not going to do anything stupid or malicious to the protocol if, if they have to be there to suffer the consequences. There's also going to be like, so some of this might change. So take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. We're, we want to do like those V tokens as a tokenized NFT position, uh, much like the Andre solidly like V33 thing, because, you know, if somebody does want to get out, there can be an OTC market for them to get out because we don't like, I don't like the idea of keeping someone a prisoner. That's like one of my main complaints about um, V curve is that I, I, I locked my V curve for four years and I'm just like, ah, I regret, I regret my regrets. Tell us more about Toke. What's the plan? So we are also in heavy accumulation of TOKE. We added uh, TOKE bonds um, in ALCX using TALCX as the payout asset. So that's kind of an innovation. We're experimenting with that and seeing how that goes, you know, because it, it turns those, those idle rewards that are just sitting in the, re- in the Olympus Pro treasury contract into productive assets. We're up there with you with Olympus DAO as far as being top TOKE holders at this point. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. We're uh, like closing in on 130,000 toke, and we're acquiring around 
6,000 or so a week. Let the choke wars begin. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. And we also did a big uh, deposit of uh, the Treasury's ALCX into Tokamak as well. So uh, between yes. those three things, uh, you know, uh, and also having a bunch of token from doing a token swap with them, um, we, yeah, we're, we're sitting pretty in that ecosystem. So you've got... Um... You've probably got some inside information from Toke about how it's all going to work in the future. Is there anything which you can kind of talk about, like with your integrations and how you see that playing out? Yeah. So one of the things, and they've they've talked about this, and it's kind of integrated into there, is that like they they launched their pro mode first, so or just recently, and they're going to start spinning up those pools and and sending liquidity out soon. And the idea. For that, it's like you, there's four different pools you can select from for for each protocol right now. So it's um, Curve, Balancer, Sushi, and uh, Uniswap. And so what you basically do is you vote to uh, you know distribute that liquidity or to direct that liquidity to different AMMs. So um, right now it says that one toke can direct around three hundred dollars worth of liquidity. And considering TOKE is around $30, I mean, that's like kind of like a 10x multiplier on and how much liquidity you can get uh, using, using TOKE. And one of the cool things is they have that curve pool, and that's a that's a um, asset and then T-asset curve pool. So, you know, FXS, T-FXS, ALCX, T-ALCX. Mm. And the idea is there is like, you know, what if like a Sushi or Uniswap or Balancer pools or all of them have like, you know, more than enough liquidity, but there's still more assets that can be deployed uh, by Tokamak, right? They can then kind of select those idle funds and put those into the, the, the curve pool. Uh, pair with them and then that gives easy access in and out for uh, t token holders to swap in and out of and it also you know allows you to like not deploy too much liquidity because you know if you have like a, a token like a hundred million dollar market cap and then there's 80 million dollars liquidity in the pool that's too much relative to the the market cap all right like token movements in there are going to have very little effect because of the amount of you know, liquidity you know there seems to be like a sweet spot where you know enough liquidity that can handle you know people buying and selling at a regular basis but not too much that that would have dampened you know an actual bullish you know price action yeah i think i mean at least just from observing the way that like olympus's kind of ratio has sitted um kind of sat like historically i think it's always been around the sweet spot of like 10 to 15 percent kind of like liquidity to market cap ratio which seems to kind of like fluctuate in between there yeah so i guess for people for people who haven't heard what maybe people don't know exactly what tokamak is but it's like essentially trying to like turn a market making firm into like a decentralized market maker where people kind of benefit from coordinating right um because it's like paid out in um having pools different pools balanced um so very interesting to see that kick off everything is like unbundling and like rebundling and this is just unbundling like the steps in sort of um uh, yeah instead of like you having to get half uh you know lp on one side then half on the other then stick it into you know an amm you just put in single side and then the, the liquidity directors will take care of the rest. It's a bit like, um, it's kind of like like having like a deconstructed 
coffee or something, like, uh, iced coffee or something. It, it was it's like, very similar, I think, in effect to the essentially the curve wars and stuff like that, where people are acquiring V curve and CVX tokens, you know, so they can direct the gauges to get their stable coin pools, uh, liquidity and stuff like that. Um, and I think the the same thing the dynamic is going to happen with Tokamak, but it's going to be generalized across DeFi, not just limited to Curve. And even uh, there, there have been teasing this thing called Membrane, and that is um, apparently going to connect to sexes as well. So centralized exchanges for the yeah. yes, <laughs> centralized exchanges. Sorry, yeah, that could, definitely could have been misinterpreted. That's uh, all right. <laughs> Can we talk more about the DAO? Yeah, so the DAO, so we'll have like a like the V tokenomic model. Um, we're gonna have some more quality of life improvements, like a rage quit thing where you can get out early by taking a penalty, uh, being able to trade it as an NFT, and then uh, also there's gonna be some some gauges. And Alchemix is a bit unique compared to you know some other places because we have some I think features that only we have. For example, the boosted yield. So like right now, the urine die rate is like like 3%. But if you go to Alchemix, you'll see that we're getting 7% APY on uh, die deposits. And that's because our peg stability module, the transmuter, is um, uh, also farming in urine. And it can then boost the yield of the users in Alchemix. Ah, uh, very cool. Yeah, so we have this uh, boosted yield because our, our pay stability module has like a cool 200 million uh, die in it. So one thing that we're going to do is have a gauge that can direct where that boosted yield goes to. So it could be, um, you know, USDC yearn, you know, or it could be Ave, you know, die or something like that. that people can say, hey, we want to, you know, have the boosted yield go to here and that'll be like a gauge and that that's cool because like you know if yield aggregator gets in there and they want to drive more people to their platform because if you know somebody chooses that strategy in alchemics then that becomes their tbl essentially um so that would give them incentive to have alcx and lock it so they could um, direct the rewards to the people who use their platform on alchemics so the other one is and this can lead into something else soon, um, is the idea, uh, like, is Alchemix is going to branch out and have more AL assets. BTC is one that we're looking at. And for the OMIs, yes, we are looking at AL-OM. And there's even a working group with members from OM and Alchemix uh, plotting together, working on it right now. Yeah, it has so, to be a delicate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And that would be where you would deposit ohm or g ohm, and then you could borrow al ohm off of it. So you can go long without fear of liquidation. You can sell without selling. Yeah, you'd have to be very careful about the collateralization ratio, I think. 90%. No. <laughs> 90% LTV. Go for it. Oh, DGENs, no. Uh, no. The, there, there's some definitely some issues and some um, some challenges in, in getting out owned because the APY is just so high um, that the opportunity cost for liquidity providers in the out own own pair would... Um, it would be hard to find those type of people just because the you know they'd be giving up their seventeen hundred APY um, in in geo. So you know doing something in tandem with Olympus DAO and our own incentives and also bonding uh, through Olympus Pro and 
and stuff like that, I think we can get a decent amount of liquidity added into it uh, enough to support it and keep the fly roll running. And if, you know, like since the alchemics, like we do take the only protocol fee we take is when yield harvests are done that repay your debt. We take 10% of that. But because the ohm APY is so high, we would be able to get a lot going to the treasury because of that. And then the treasury then can become another actor, a liquidity provider for our ohm as well. Yeah, you would not need very long to get quite deep liquidity. Is that something you guys like think about a lot? Like how much should you keep as treasury backing or protocol control value versus what is sort of returned in those fees to your governance token holders? Well, we've done some math and we want to target 10% APR for, you know, deposits in general, you know, and we're kind of at the mercy of the markets and, and stuff like that. But that's going to inform us in which assets we choose in the future for, you know, alt chemics when it starts coming out. Like, for example, like ETH becomes actually very, very attractive because once the, um, the merge happens and all that MEV stuff is uh, accruing to validator nodes instead of miners, there is estimating that the ETH2 staking APY is going to be around 10%. So that, that, that's perfect for us. So like right now, the protocol has around 800 ETH worth of uh, AL-ETH LP tokens. And there's the AL-ETH supply is, is very large compared to that. But the AL-ETH debt cap is actually not that big compared to the amount of protocol and liquidity. So the debt cap applies to how much you can borrow from Alchemix. But if you if someone repays their debt using the collateral token, it brings down uh, it like it essentially allows that LUSD to still exist, but also but like also brings down the debt cap, if that makes sense. So that's why even though LUSD has a debt cap of 150 million, there's around a 300 million supply of LUSD is because of that. And I think as long as we can get that ratio between debt cap and protocol and liquidity at a healthy level, then it's fine. So there's another thing that we're, we're uh, going to do, and this is in response to systems like convex popping up. And the curve wars, they've more or less kind of become the convex wars um, because all of the action or most of the action around bribing is bribing CVX holders and not V-curve holders. And as a result, a lot of the token value accrual is going to CVX over Curve. And so V-Curve citizens have become second-class citizens in their own ecosystem when they should be first-class citizens. I mean, I don't think the V-Curve holders are too, too hang angry because Curve um, Convex definitely has helped with Curve's price, I would say. But the whole idea around, you know, bribes and stuff like that, if, if there are gauges, you know, or an opportunity for bribes, they will happen is kind of my belief. And if we have locked tokens, you know, like we're planning to do, then that invites somebody to come in and make a wrapper and make them tradable and stuff. And we're hoping that having an early exit, like rage quit function and having them be NFTs uh, mitigates that or prevents that from happening. But if it doesn't, there's another system we have that's going to be built into the DAO called uh, the, the shard system. And the idea is that you would, um, when you're in the staking your V tokens, You'd start earning a, a secondary token in the DAO called shards. And these shards, you know, can then be claimed. And then if you want to vote or boost your votes on the gauges, 
you can burn these shard tokens to uh, add votes to uh, whatever gauge you want to vote for. So it becomes like a liquid token bribing. Oh, so those are those are tradable, the shards? Yes, those would be tradable. As NFTs or mm -hmm. are they... Nope, no, they would just be ERC-20 tokens. It would be, um, you know, freely tradable. So if there does end up being a bribe market for ALCX, you know, and the gauges and stuff like that, then our users um, can profit off of it. Yeah, definitely. Okay, that's super cool. Yeah, like Alchemix is like the top of the stack and then Ohm's trying to be like the very bottom of the stack, like out of everything. Let's like make a DeFi sandwich together, guys. <laughs> Ohm just wants to absorb everything and then Alchemix can just sort of no, like, uh, build Ohm, on top. Ohm is going to get a lot, like... I think I think when if when Alum comes out, it's going to be very good for Ohm because uh, it's going to give like a very safe leverage strategy for the people who are craving leverage, and it's also going to be good for Alchemix because the the high APR and the interest around it is going to bring a lot of people to our protocol, and also it's going to be profitable from day one essentially. Yeah, and then you become a big uh, geom holder as well. Yep, we can put assets in the geome and also have some of the incoming payments go into protocol and liquidity as well. So, you know, we can bolster our pools and also, you know, farm geome and then use some of those geome to then add to our liquidity pools as well. So there's lots of cool stuff we can do. I mean, have we talked about the incurred debt feature? I know about it some. I know about it. And once we have enough geom We'll definitely be barking at you, you know, at your door. <laughs> give us, mm. give us free all. <laughs> yes. Are you guys gonna do some AMOs? Oh yeah, I was, I was scraping the Discord actually for this, and I did find some, I did find a little alpha leak from one of your core team members. Yes, we are gonna do an AMO. Is this an alpha leak? <laughs> Yeah, I haven't um, published the proposal yet. Still working on ironing out, you know, and editing it, and making it sure it's like perfect and stuff. But we've already begun development on it, you know. Um, so it might actually be out in time for V2. Hopefully, fingers crossed. If not, then shortly after. So the AMO is going to be an extension to the transmitter. So right now, the way Alchemix V2 works is that there's like the Alchemist contract that does the, the CDPs. And then there's the transmitter contract, which handles the peg stability modules. And then there's like an in-between called the transmitter buffer. And this will hold funds and keep them productive. And then uh, it'll send some money to the transmitter uh, so that people can exchange assets and stuff like that if they, if they so want to or they, there's a need to do it. But instead of um, having that, the funds in the transmitter buffer just go into yearn or some other strategy, we're actually going to uh, create an algorithmic market operator similar to what Frax does. And like right now we have 200 million DAI and 80,000 ETH in our transmitter peg stability modules. And the plan is to dump it all into our relevant curve pools. Like it gives us really awesome peg controls because in curve you can withdraw single-sided from one side and deposit single-sided. So if for any reason the pool ever gets out of balance, we can just withdraw AliUSD single-sided. And it's almost like the same effect as if someone's using the transmuter to try to ARP the peg and stuff like that. We can just take you know that discount away 
And then, then we'll have LUSD like sitting idly that can then be deployed to other things like Tokamak or Rary Fuse and, and other places like that to, to keep it productive. And if the peg is still hurting, even in the secondary strategies, we can just kind of like remove it from the secondary strategies and get it off the market altogether. Um, and it gives us that ability. Um, we can't mint our token into it like Frax can, but we do have some of these really advanced uh, peg controls and it will allow us to then put our full weight into convex. So like Frax, like you see that they bribe like seven, eight million dollars every single week on their Frax 3 curve pool. But since they own more than half of the liquidity of that pool and they have a crap ton of F uh, CVX tokens that they vote with, effectively they're profitable spending that much every two weeks on bribes because there's a multiplier on the convex bribes, you know, so you get, if you put in like a hundred dollars, you're going to get more than a hundred dollars in rewards back for that pool. So there's that. And if you vote on your own pool that you also add bribes to, you get your, that token back. So it's like a rebate on your bribes. And by doing this, you know, and having like close to half of the liquidity in the pool, and imagine there's a 2x multiplier that already makes our bribes neutral as far as cost of the protocol goes. And then when you're taking into account the um, the rebates we get for voting for our pools, because we have you know a decent amount of CVX, it actually becomes profitable at that point. And so what we would do is just hoard all of the CVX and lock it and, and get it into a flywheel you know, compounding loop. And then with the curve, probably lock some of it into CVX curve. And then the rest would probably melt it uh, down for boosted yield for our users so that, you know, we can have higher yields than our base strategies that we hook into. So it's it's kind of does that all algorithmically? Yes. If price is under 99.8 cents, withdraw LUSD single side and then be idle waiting to be deployed into a secondary strategy. And, you know, most of it would be done by keepers um, and there might be um, some governance built into it as well as far as directing the liquidity to um, other protocols. So does my understanding is that like if Frax is in the pool with you, then they will kind of be doing that themselves through their AMO as well. Is that? Yeah. Imagine a, a Frax Alchemics AMO <laughs> when we add Frax. Yeah. You can put Frax into Alchemics. <laughs> Put then I'll borrow LUSD, put it into the D3 pool, then mint some fracks into the D3 pool to balance it versus LUSD. So D3 is LUSD, Fay, and no, that's frax? that's on curve. Yeah, it's saddle. Yeah, saddle fracks and LUSD. Um, and D4 is on saddle, and that also has LUSD in it. All right. So is D3. Um, so Faye and you guys are, well, you guys are already in the curve wars, but that becomes like the sort of de facto, I saw Sam like posting about this on Twitter about Dai having this super privileged position where they don't have to spend anything to like keep their peg very tight because because they were included <laughs> in three curve yeah exactly so are you going to what was kind of your opinion about like die and ust and usdc like you guys don't really have anything to do with usdc other than your like three curve owl pool well it will be a collateral type in v2 so you know oh for the yearn you know volts yeah 
Yes, for the vaults, yes. Uh, USDC will be a collateral type. Uh, but I do agree with that sentiment. That is why we formed D3. Because like when you're in a three-pool, like Metacurve pool, you're not only incentivizing your side, but you're also incentivizing USDC, USDT, and DAI liquidity as well. Um, and that gives you know Circle, Tether, and, and MakerDAO a free ride. And that's why, you know, us, uh, Faye and Frax joined together to make D3 because instead of us having to pay, one protocol having to pay 100% for the pool, each protocol now has to pay 33%. And that's a lot more economical. Like we, we spend a fraction on D3 that we spend on, on uh, our three-curve pool. And it's already like... Yeah, gotten over 100 million liquidity total in that pool, and it's going to be growing because Faye is adding more bribes now, and Frax is getting more aggressive, and you know, we're you know uh, part of this AMO uh, strategy is that you know we're still going to get emission reward uh, emissions directed to bribes, but then the bribe rebates that we get are going to be rolled back into the next week, so it's going to be growing and growing and growing. So because of that, it, that's in the face of disinflationary rewards, mind you. <laughs> so it's exciting. I've, I'm, I'm a, an alchemics permable, you know, as any founder should be of their own token. But now I'm like one step above that with this AMO being introduced. Yeah, they're super, super cool. Are you looking to do like a, a, another, like they've released these Curve V2 pools just now for um sort of a two-sided pool i've been playing with the desmos formula for it and, and trying to plot out some different curves and things like that and i've kind of floated it to you know you know like the team and also to the discord about it but nobody really picked up on it <laughs> I, I might start you know trying to you know talk about it some more I, I definitely think it makes a lot of sense to do that and get onto to curve. We just have to familiarize ourselves with uh, how the V2 pools work and kind of custom tailor our, our curve pool or like our like our actual curve on the line to you know be what we want it to be. Um, and that's going to require some research to make sure that we get that right. Mm. Definitely seems like you're heading down the right track, though. Um, I, I mean, the amount of alpha in the last 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> crazy yeah so <laughs> and we're and our price is pretty depressed right now wink wink i know people come on the podcast and then like the founders like tell us and then you're like oh this is actually super undervalued i like sometimes just go and i'm like oh i gotta go buy some more do you have are you still keeping like a uni or a sushi pool as well um this would all have to be up to governance really about what we do and, and stuff like that. So um, we're going to engage and, and talk more. Um, we're building out um, a sub-DAO in Alchemics um, that's going to be focused directly on governance and business development. I'm trying to decentralize my role a little bit more because me doing this by myself is just untenable. So now we're going to have a team. Um, so we're, we're trying to get people to kind of you know, start doing their own autonomous business development and stuff like that through a sub-DAO where they'll, you know, have like an ALCX budget and stuff like that that they can pay themselves with and then use the rest for deals and stuff. It's exciting. I think the kind of like, kind of like siloed autonomy way of like working within DAOs is like 
it's kind of like um, siloed departments, but like central communication, I think is like the way to go as DAOs expand. Like using some kind of like, whether it's a notion or whether it's like some other kind of tooling, but kind of having that all set up properly and then having all the um, departments kind of be in their own little bubbles seems to be there. We have like a weekly sync with our team. We, we're on four different continents. So, you know, we can't do daily syncs unless, you know, it's going to drive one person insane. Um, uh, but what we're doing is uh, we have a newsletter group and we have a um, sub-DAO that's forming and the leaders of both of those groups uh, join our weekly sync to, so they can be in touch with what's going on in core and stuff. Yeah, we love the newsletter. <laughs> we do. I love the newsletter. It's, we're biased. Uh, it, I, <laughs> I mean, we love a good community newsletter and I, I can't help but laugh every time I see a new cover. Um, very very creative but before we kind of wrap things up and plug since you guys were op pilots i want to pilot this new little thing that we do at the end of each podcast where it's like i essentially say a word and then you give like a corresponding word as like an answer so it could be like nfts and then you'll say like a one word answer or brief kind of like answer and we'll do like a quick rapid fire or just kind of like zoom through a couple <laughs> All right. Let's go. I'll, I'll Let's try go. not to be a word cell here. Right. Okay. No, no, no. Okay, okay. NFTs. Absurd. Bonds. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Liquidity. Important. Alchemix. Uh, the best. <laughs> Olympus. Dope. V V2. Soon. <laughs> DeFi 2.0. Not a meme. <laughs> Community. Uh, comes first. All right. That's it. That's all we need to know. That little segment's no attention span, no problem. So we're going to start doing that every single uh, interview we have. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, it was a pleasure to be on here with you guys. It was a lot of fun. All right. What are we shilling? Okay, yeah, so you can learn more about Alchemix at um, alchemix.fi, or you can find us on Twitter at um, alchemix.fi, one word. And then, you know, if you guys want to know what's going on and get the heartbeat of the community, join our Discord. We're a very friendly bunch, and there's lots of people um, in the community and devs included that will be there to help support you if you have any questions and want to learn more. And your Twitter handle is at scoopies. S-C-U-P-Y Truples T-R-O-O-P-L-E-S This has been super fun. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> yeah, likewise. Bye.